0: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, October 13th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Governor Reeves contemplates a ban on COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Then daycare operators say the state is moving too slow in dispersing COVID child care aid. And after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, a Mississippi back-to-college program gets a cash infusion. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Governor Reeves says federal COVID-19 vaccine mandates for healthcare workers and employees of large companies are misguided. At a press conference yesterday, the governor claimed the new rules have already created crippling labor shortages within the U.S. transit economy. He cited specifically scheduling snarls and delayed flights within Southwest Airlines. Both Southwest and its pilots union deny any correlation between logistical issues and vaccine mandates. Reeves says he's been keeping an eye on Texas, where Governor Greg Abbott has issued an executive order banning mandatory vaccines. As for whether similar action can be expected in Mississippi, well, maybe, according to Reeves, but probably not.
1: I have been reluctant to issue executive orders throughout this entire pandemic. Doesn't mean I haven't done it, and there have been times that I have. One of the items that i I spoke with some legislators about earlier is, um, you know, executive order is one way in which to uh, rid ourselves of these mandates. Uh, Another potential is is legislation. Uh, That's one of the things that um, Florida did, for instance, as a state, is their legislature passed a law which said uh, these vaccine mandates were not allowable. I would support such uh, legislation should it get to my desk.
0: All that said, it looks as though the next piece of legislation set to reach the governor's desk will not be a vaccine mandate ban, but a bill to legalize medical marijuana in Mississippi. Yesterday, Reeves reiterated that he's not quite yet ready to call a legislative special session on the issue, but he also claims he won't impede the now all but inevitable establishment of a cannabis program.
1: I am confident that we will have a special session of the uh, legislature if we get... Uh, an agreement on the uh, specifics of a couple of items that are left outstanding. Again, we're, we've made great progress. We've worked very closely uh, with our legislative leaders and, and hope to continue to do so. Um, and if we are able to get, get that done and we can uh, pass a, a, a medical marijuana program and do it right, then we will have a special session uh, as, soon as, as soon as that gets done.
0: And Commissioner Andy Gibson and state health officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs are among state leaders who say lawmakers' current proposal for medical cannabis needs more work. Coming up, daycare operators say the state is moving too slow in dispersing COVID child care aid. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org.
0: And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Over the past 18 months, an unprecedented amount of federal child care funding has poured into Mississippi's Department of Human Services. It's aimed at lightening the financial load for daycares in the state, many of which were hit hard by COVID. But right now, not all of that money is being spent and potential recipients are getting impatient. Dolores Sewell is the president of the Mississippi Child Care Directors Network and the owner of two daycares in Jackson. She speaks with Desiree Frazier.
3: There's Coronavirus Aid, that was in 2020, Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriation Act, and that was in December of last year. That was under the Trump administration. Then we had another pot of money, the American Rescue Plan, and that was under the Biden administration. Then we have stabilization grants funds.
2: Has this money been distributed?
3: No, none no. of it. No, the only money that they have used is the Supplemental Appropriations Act money for this year. Now, the money for last year, they did use some of it. They went through what they call a booster shot. They provided the applied for funding that lasted for about six months. They did give us a 25% increase, but the biggest problem is once we got that increase, they started to terminate children. Under the Coronavirus Act, they could impose various restrictions where they would not have to do what you call redetermination of students, because some parents may have been working some may not have been working or some of them hours have been decreased for instance we had one parent whose hours decreased to 24 hours a week you must work 25 hours and because she missed one hour they terminated her when you
2: said 25 percent went to centers define that 25
3: percent it was for child care payments But the problem is that the child care payments are so low until that really did not help a whole lot. You know, you have some providers that may be charging less than $100. Not only that, DHS set a rate that was below what we charge. Now, we could get the extra money from parents, but their rates were we might charge $120 they may pay $90. So um, they only pay that and any other money we have to get from the parents.
2: And so the monies that you are referring to are monies that are provided to daycare centers to offset the expense for parents. Yes, yes. And so you that 25% was for that purpose. Yes. You're saying that the other monies have not been distributed, and do you have to apply for them?
3: We will have to apply. There are guidelines set by the federal government that tells DHS what to do, how to do it, and the main thing they're supposed to do is to provide an application. They're supposed to make sure that the information gets out so that providers and so forth know what to do and when to do it what they have done they have provided something on their online and you can go to their website and it indicates that they have they're going to do phase one phase two phase three and to come back to their website periodically to look for more information
2: do you feel like you have the information to move forward on applying or can you submit applications right now
3: No, they have not even initiated the application process. Chad Allgood indicated first that it may be within three weeks. Then he said it may be in November the 1st. But then it sounded as though they really don't know when they're going to do it. The first thing is they've known about this since March of this year. They submitted something to the assistant secretary telling how funds are going to be spent. But they changed what they were going to do which they were allowed on the guidelines and kind of left us hanging. We have not gotten any concrete information as to what is going to happen. Several people asked about the timeline for getting the funds. We really got no concrete answer about that. Most all of the questions were general. And to say exactly when they're going to do something all we know is between now and sometime in November now December 11th they're supposed to have a uh, response as to how much of the funds have already been allocated and that this time is not going to give them a large window for us to apply and for them to get that money back and that information back into them and That's one of the things we're concerned about is how long would that application process be? And the other thing they mentioned this morning is that they will provide technical assistance. That may be so, but we feel that we could have already been being advised through training as to what to do than to wait to just before the time and spring us because there have been things and there have been training for them through HHS, and they have just not done anything. How
2: important is this money to Mississippi daycare centers?
3: It is very important, because I talked with one center, and, and I'm really sad to hear that indicated she was going to have to get a loan hoping that she got this money. And and that's what's so sad. Some people apply for the PPPs. Some apply for the booster shot. But if you're operating a center, your biggest amount of money is going to be your salaries. So that is depleted pretty quick not only other repairs to your center and things like that. So a lot of providers are saying they don't have the money. Well, Dolores Sewell,
2: I appreciate your time and speaking with us. Thank you very much.
0: Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, a major education foundation helps fund a back-to-college incentive for Mississippi adults. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The State Institutions of Higher Learning, or IHL, has recently received a $1.3 million grant from the Kellogg Foundation. The money will help fund the Complete to Compete program, which is designed to incentivize Mississippians to return to college. Casey Prestwood is the IHL's Associate Commissioner for Academic and Student Affairs.
4: Complete to Compete is a -a one-of-a-kind initiative that was specifically designed to help Mississippi working adults improve their lives by earning a degree. We started this program with a partnership between the Mississippi Board of uh, Trustees for State Institutions of Higher Learning and the Mississippi Community College Board back in 2017. And at that time, what we wanted to do was identify adult learners who had some college but no degree in Mississippi because they attended either a, a community college or a Mississippi Public University at some point, but stopped out before earning their degree and uh, we wanted to identify the barriers that were in place for them to complete their degree and get them back and help them finish and, and obviously one of the barriers we knew would be funding. Uh, So to date, with support from partnerships from the Mississippi Department of Human Services, the Mississippi Department of Employment Security, and the Kellogg Foundation, we have awarded approximately $3.5 million in tuition assistance grants, and we've helped more than 2,400 people earn their associate's and bachelor's degrees in Mississippi.
0: What are some of the biggest reasons you hear why someone doesn't complete their degree?
4: Well, there's, there's a variety of reasons, uh, life getting in the way, financial, uh, obligations and not being able to afford college, or perhaps they, um, owe a debt to an institution and can't repay the debt. You know, so they stop out because you can't you know, you can't transfer your transcript if you owe a debt, you can't continue your enrollment. Those are some of the main barriers that we identified. We went back 15 years in time and looked at all of the people who had stopped out from our community colleges and our universities. And then what we did was we looked to see how much they owed an institution. We learned that people stopped out from earning a degree because they typically owed less than $500 to an institution. So one of the things that we did with our tuition assistance grants is that we wanted to make sure that those adult learners returning could use the tuition assistance grants to pay off prior debt owed to an institution. Now, um, because that was grant funding, we could only payback debt owed to a state institution, so a public community college or university in Mississippi. And they could also use the grants for enrollment, tuition assistance, textbook costs. And the, the C2C grants are now $1,000 per semester, and that's renewable as long as the student remains in good academic and financial standing.
0: Is there a time period if they've been out of college for, say, eight years, 10 years, would they still be eligible? No, okay. they are still eligible.
4: One thing that we we realized is that many Mississippians had attended multiple institutions. Maybe they started their studies at a community college to complete their core requirements and then transferred to a four-year university without earning their associate degree. And then they ended up stopping out and not earning their bachelor's degree. So uh, what we did was we invited those people to come back and have their transcripts evaluated at the community college they attended. And in many cases, we were able to award reverse transfer associate degrees. So those people were able to complete their associate degree without earning any additional college credit.
0: What does a complete-to-compete coach do?
4: They are basically the one stop shop at the university or community college for the adult learner that the adult learner goes through them for everything from um, applying to the institution, getting their transcripts evaluated um, enrolling each semester and we have many c to c coaches that will you know just call and check up on the student they're they're very invested in this they They see how helpful it is to the adult learners, and it means a lot to the C2C coaches to be able to help them earn their degrees.
0: Is the C2C program actually reaching out to former students?
4: Yes. Initially, we reached out to people to invite them to come back, and in May, we launched another campaign where we started reaching out again to people that we haven't heard from. Uh, Our research indicates that there are more than 200,000 prior students that qualify for the Complete to Compete program in the state. And we also, through our research, think that there are about 17,000 Mississippians who may already have earned enough college credits for a degree. They don't know they've earned the degree? Correct. So back in, I guess, about 2005 or prior to 2005, some bachelor's degrees in the state required more than 124 hours in fact many of them did but IHL changed the policy in 2005 and said that there has to be extenuating circumstances mainly accreditation reasons for a degree to require more than 124 hours and so we've encountered many people who had earned upwards you know 125 126 hours out of 135 degree our degree program and we invited them back and we evaluated them for a university studies bachelor's degree and they were able to earn their degree without earning any extra college credit. We created this degree at the eight public universities specifically for Complete to Compete. It offers flexibility in fulfilling the core requirements obviously provide you with the C C coach and they help you develop your degree plan. It all the University Studies provides grade forgiveness and acceptance of up to 30 hours of technical credits. And adult learners who have stopped out may be eligible for this program if they've earned at least 90 credit hours and have not completed their baccalaureate degree and once again uh, have not been have been out of college for at least 24 months.
0: What is the economic impact on the state with this kind of program?
4: Complete to Compete is a statewide program that is making significant progress towards Mississippi's college completion goals. That helps to strengthen our workforce and improve the financial prospects for thousands of Mississippians. Uh, according to the Georgetown Center on Education and the Workforce, 70% of all jobs will require a post-secondary degree or credential by 2027. And so we have a have an opportunity here to help equip our Mississippians, with the knowledge, skills, and training to compete in a 21st century economy. We just need them to come back to college and and let us help them complete their degrees.
0: How can people find out more? You have a website?
4: Yes, msc2c.org. Casey Presswood is
0: the Associate Commissioner for Academic and Student Affairs at Mississippi's Institutions of Higher Learning.